Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 526 from October 5th, 1997, a Sunday night show. No guest tonight. Salt and Peppa uh, canceled, well, kind of. Adam references Matt Money Smith, who at the time was someone they worked with around the radio station. I guess he apparently brought Salt and Peppa into the show, thinking a tape from 8 to 10 p.m., so he brought him in around 7.45, only to learn the show didn't start till 10, so they of course left. What's very odd about this, it's, this is actually the first time this happens with Salt and Peppa, but they're actually booked again within a year, and this happens again. There's at least two times where they canceled and no-showed and actually didn't come back in. Early on in this episode, Adam tests Dr. Drew and his radio instincts, which leads to some uh, dead air. And once again, this is another one of these uh, studio tapes. Back to the higher quality for the foreseeable future. And this episode is a world re-premiere. It's been missing from the archive since it originally aired. Very cool. As per usual, it's recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. I'm gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes, it is. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE. 191 fax number 310-854-4455 adam carolla dr drew dr drew is a board certified physician and addiction medicine specialist all right first some business to take care of salt and peppa were supposed to come on the show this evening the um famous rap well actually i was going to call them a uh, duo but they got spinderella in there and i didn't want drew to jump in and correct me of course i would have the point is, is uh, they were supposed to come in tonight, and they will not be making it tonight because of some confusion. No fault of the bands. Um, a uh, old friend of ours, uh, Matt, a.k.a. Money, decided to bring them in a few hours early because this show used to be on from 8 to 10 only on Sunday nights. So it was 10 to midnight, Monday through Thursday, and 8 to 10 on Sunday for some years. Yes. And sometimes I just like just to, want to wait and see I just I... like to stop and see how long it takes you to say something, Drew. All right. All right. So you weren't specifically talking to me, so no. I just want to see how long the show will hang out there before you actually right. uh, feel compelled to come in with something All verbally. Right. All right. So he was under the impression that the show was eight to ten and brought the girls in at uh, you know seven forty-five tonight. Although the show has not been. 8 to 10 on Sunday nights for About a year. Well, maybe let's be eight fair. Months, be months. fair to the boy. It's been 9 months right. or so. Right. So, uh, I am told that they will be in tomorrow night. Susan, is that right? Salt and pepper tomorrow night? Can't hear a word she said. Looks like she said pretty, and, pretty sure. Um 
We will let you know tomorrow. They're quite anxious to do the show. They just have a crazy schedule. We'll call you during the day. Uh -huh. okay. No guests tomorrow. They've never heard of the no, show. No guests tomorrow. <laughs> All right. No guests tomorrow night because they've never heard of the show. All right. Uh, anxious, not anxious, excited. Anxious like I'm going to throw up. Anxious like, do we have to do this? Anxious damn thing? like I don't like to fly. Yeah. Anxious. All right. So hopefully, Salt and Peppa will be in tomorrow night. And uh, if they're not, then the label owes us, and I'm sure they'll bring in one of their uh, other hot acts, like uh, perhaps the uh, uh, Mexican ventriloquism team that they're uh, currently pumping. I, I don't know who else uh, they represent, but uh, they will then owe us, because that's how the business works. Does it not, Drew? Oh, yeah. Okay. Anything you want to say? Uh, I went through the emails tonight, and uh, you know, you and I have been talking more and more about how how phenomenal the biological differences are between men and women. And of course, as soon as we begin talking about that, 8 million people email us to tell us that we are just totally wrong and that every sociology study known to mankind uh, refutes that or at least uh, calls that into question. Uh, lesbians yeah. and gays usually yeah. are the ones and, that have the biggest and, difficulty uh, with uh, the biology uh, you know, part. And, and I can tell you for sure that the, the overwhelming evidence is on the biological end of the scale right now, even though there's certainly there's substantial impact from, from the societal elements. I can tell you from raising a girl and two boys who are triplets, and believe me, we did no gender stuff with them at all. It was the, she, the daughter was dramatically different in the operating room when she was born, and it persisted ever since. She was not different in the operating she, room when she was born. She was she. You could tell there was she sounded different, interacted different. Everything was different about her right. compared to the boys. And the boys are you know not um, not lumberjacks. These two. <laughs> they're, they're kids. I know, but they're not real masculine kids, you know. How masculine can they get at five? Well, they got their frilly blonde hair and the page boy uh, hairdos. I'm just saying this is. I'm 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 bolstering your argument, Drew. I'm I saying see. it's he's not even a, it's not even a strong contrast, right, right, in, right. in your family, I and see. still a noticeable contrast. Oh, it's a shock, startling contrast. Of course, because here's the reality with society. A lot of folks like to think that a whole bunch of um, uh, old right, white rich guys got together uh, several million years ago and plotted out uh, the direction society would take. Society is society because that's the way it washed out. And you really can't argue with it. You know, this whole thing about, well, okay, men are in, you know, men like, um, like tools and trucks and women like dresses and, and, and parties and, and jewelry. And this is all something that we've had thrust on each, each, each gender. Mm. What kind of argument is that? Society is the way society is because that's the way society is. Well, I mean, let me it, just tell you, a year and a half, my kids went to the toy store for the first time, and my daughter made a beeline for the boas and the fluffy stuff. And we did everything to get her out of there. And the boys went to the hammers and the train sets, and they've never left. And there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, it's tantrum time if you try to push them towards things they don't want to do. Right. All right. People, who, by the way, who, who maintain the sociologic perspective have not raised kids. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't get away from your two-gender kid. Uh, usually the people that have difficulty with these theories are the people that are struggling a bit with their own sexuality. I have so found. You, you don't want to say anything about it, but we know it's true. Karen. You're 28. Pardon me? What's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, not much. I had a question for you. Okay. Um, I'm calling from Chicago, and I don't think you're on the air any longer, so I wasn't sure if I was quite going to get on. We're not on the air any longer? Uh, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. any, any, any further tonight? I see. Okay. Yes. Um, well, I don't know if this is going to be relative to what you're talking about now, but what you were talking about earlier here, what I heard from Chicago, um, that I thought was really interesting was the relationships that you may have um, 
in the future if you were, when you were younger, um, abused, actually. Right, you can almost map it out. And the thing that kind of, I don't normally listen to your station, so I apologize, but uh, or your show, but I happened to be flipping through, and I caught just that little brief part, and it's something, it happened when I was much younger, about, um, I think I was in fourth grade, and it was a neighbor who was 15 or 16, and at the same time... And, and let, let me stop you. And this, sure. by the way, for the people who ask, uh, is sexual abuse on the increase? Uh, this should answer that question, because the perpetrators are usually young people, yeah. and they go out and they start their career, often at a young age, like 8 to 12, and they go on the rest of their life abusing young kids. And so it has tremendous exponential growth built into it. So go ahead. I'm sorry, your question about it. Well, I, you know, I was... I was probably about eight or nine, and I kind of had a little girl crush on him at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was not comfortable with what was happening, mm -hmm. but at the same time I allowed it because I wanted his attention. Right. Um, and it was mostly just oral sex. There was no, mm -hmm. you know, penetration or anything like right. that. So for the longest time, I never really thought about myself as somebody who was abused. Right. Um, and fortunately, he moved with his family. How have your relationships been? Very just troubling. <laughs> Chaotic. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the thing that really struck me is when you mentioned, or one of you had mentioned, um, that just the, the course of events in a relationship that you seek it out, yeah. and um, I, I would really like for you to expound on that a little bit more because I'm really interested to see if, if this is what's happening. Well, I, obviously Well, normally is. we would, but you're such a casual listener to the show, Karen, that we're not sure if we want to put that kind of time and commitment into your question. I mean, you understand. There's, uh, there's many a yeah, dedicated yeah. listener who'd uh, give their uh, r right small toe to get in on this show when we're speaking to one who's very casual and they're listening. And I'm just... You know, now this, this could be... Uh, I could be a comeback listener here. All right. Part, part, oh, there's, a lot, there's a lot to this. And uh, a single episode of sexual abuse doesn't have to dramatically affect your relationships the rest of your life, although it can. And you have to ask yourself, was there something going on in your family already that made you a good victim, that that allow, that put you in the position where this sort of thing could happen, and you allow it to happen, and you sort of seek the attention of an abuser? You know, you wonder about what was going on already. So, And the fact is your relationships have been chaotic, and you seek out abusive people. You're alleging, you're sort of hinting at anyway. So this is something that typically is best treated with therapy. You go get consultation, have somebody meet with you regularly. And, at, again, at the level of which you were affected, it probably something we worked through rather nicely. And you can go on and have genuine, intimate relationships. And there are plenty of screwed-up people that weren't molested as well. Jay, you're 25. Yeah, um, I'm calling because I've been having problems with my girlfriend regarding the, um, the sex part. And I don't know. We've done it, like, many times, and I haven't been able to, to last long enough for her to enjoy it. And I don't know if it's like a common problem or is this something that I have to work with? I mean, I don't know what else to try. How old is your girlfriend? She's 25, too. How long is not long enough? I'm sorry? How long? Uh, I would probably have to say at the most two minutes. That's, uh, that's, that's at the most? Yeah. That's after you've uh, polished off a plate of oysters and uh, made a rhino horn? <laughs> In uh, two minutes, huh? Yeah, um, I don't know if that's like a chronic problem or Jeez, I wish I could do that. The two minute thing? Yeah, I really do. I really if you do. You could refrain from masturbating for eight hours. Yeah. That would happen to you. Yeah, it's true. 
I'm like a volcano with no lava. Well, so why don't you advise Jay to pick up a habit similar to yours? Jay? Yeah. Do you masturbate? Um, no, not frequently, no. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the problem. Do you think I need to do that more often? Or? Well, what are you good for a week now? Well, it's not like we do it on, all the time. It's just like occasional. What are, you, what are you good for a week? By yourself. By myself? Weren't we talking about masturbation, yeah, by the way? Yeah, he switched it. He's uncomfortable with it. There's a lot of, a lot of shifting around. Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> our, our, our listeners, uh, really, I think our listeners would be some of the greatest politicians oh, in the world. They would. Well, you you almost, you, if, you don't, if you're not careful, you miss it, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's very <laughs> subtle. It's not something I, that I normally do. Right. At all. At all. All right. So, what are you good for a month? Let's say. Uh, Once a month. Maybe three, four. Three, four. All right. So, um, let me do some quick math here. Uh, once a week, perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. Perhaps you need to be going more than once a week. You, you know what I'm saying? This is a maintenance program. Right. Okay. See, see what I'm saying, Jay? You need to remove a bullet from the chamber so the gun doesn't go off prematurely. Maybe more than okay. a bullet. In or way. accidentally. Yeah, you need, to, you need to empty the whole cartridge out. The whole cartridge? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why don't you try that? Why don't you do it that day? That day before I see her? Yes, before. Okay. She'll get offended if she sees you do it immediately after. Right. Right? Right. Try that. And that's going to, I guarantee you, I can uh, almost double your sexual time and get you up to three minutes. Okay. Now, just do it that day, Jay. That day. Right? Okay. So it's like, you know she's coming over that night. Right. So about, you know, 3 in the afternoon that day, you take care of business on your own. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, now you've just bought yourself some valuable time. Okay. But, w- okay, well, let's say I, I do this and, you know, the masturbation is the same thing, you know, two minutes tops. Is that going to change or? And then, all right, so then you have sex and it's another two minutes. Now what you do is you start inching the uh, masturbatory time closer and closer to the sexual time. Okay. To so the point where uh, she's coming over at 8 o'clock for some love and you, ma- you masturbate at, you know, 7.45. I see. See what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Well, a lot of times, you know, it's like surprise, you know, I'm here. All right. Well, that's why you do it all the time, like me. Yeah. I'm a minute man. <laughs> you never know. when. I'm always prepared. Well, you never know when the call's going to come. What if by land? <laughs> Tooth by comforter. Yes, uh, thank you for that, Engineer Mike. Oh, boy. You show me a man who does not masturbate, I'll show you a man who doesn't know his way around the bed. Boy, this guy had some problems. Just take care of business, Jay. You'll be fine. All right. Uh, Jennifer. Hi. You're 19. Yeah. Um, I had a question about um, symptoms of AIDS. Yeah. Just like, how would you know if you had it or... You wouldn't. You wouldn't know. Not typically. I mean, the... Well, what, what are the symptoms? If, if when you finally actually develop the AIDS syndrome, recurrent pneumonias, diarrhea, weight loss, rashes, that sort of thing, tumors... Okay. What's the first uh, thing that drives people to the hospital, it, usually? It, it, there's a whole spectrum, a whole list of potential causes or potential syndromes that can be characterized as AIDS. It may just be a, a rash, recurrent oral thrush. I mean, all kinds of things. Uh, I mean, what's most, the, what's most, the oral thrush? A sore throat? Kind of, yeah. Uh, sore mouth. It means it's sore, sore mouth. throat. Sore yeah. mouth. And you would constantly have that then, you yeah. know? Jennifer, what's the deal? Oh, um, well, I just, I just wanted to know. I mean, I've, I've had unprotected sex a couple times, 
and with IV drug users. No, with, uh, with homosexuals. No. Oh no! Wait a minute, Drew. Uh, please now, <laughs> don't you uh, don't you go pigeonholing those uh, IV drug users and homosexuals. Now you know everybody has just as good a chance as everybody else of getting AIDS. It uh, crosses all ethnicities and lifestyles. And uh, this propaganda that you're preaching of uh, homosexuals and IV drug users being the predominant carrier of AIDS, well, I got to put my foot down right now because uh, that is just false. Do you have any data to back that up? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Drew's right about that then. Okay. All right. All right. No, Jennifer, no Haitians. Huh? If you have any concern, okay. Jennifer, get an HIV test. Look, you can do it out of a drugstore now. There's, there's a fairly accurate test you can get from the cheek membrane. People have concerns about that because there's no formal counseling before and after the testing. I don't understand what the do. big beef is with that part of it. You want to know if you have AIDS. Well, you you I, go I find like out. If somebody has a reasonable What about problem? the counseling for pregnancy? What about the home yeah. pregnancy yeah. test? No, There's right. where you need some counseling. Well, there's something to that. But, uh, send a representative from Planned Parenthood home with each package. If you have a real risk, a specific risk, then I think the counseling is very important because the risk of positivity is, is there. Andrew. Yeah. 23. How you doing? Good. Uh, I got a question for Dr. Drew, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Adam. That's right. Uh, I run a psychoeducational group for uh, people that have been busted for possession of marijuana. Yeah. And uh, I heard you mention numerous times about kind of your stage theory for addiction with pot. My stage theory? Uh, well, kind of a progression of addiction for yeah. pot. No, that, that there is no progression. That it, that is. A oh, please, I'll do it for you, Andrew. <laughs> Uh, you smoke it. The first time you do it, it's no big deal. But the second or third time, you describe it as the greatest experience ever. You smoke steadily for 10 to 20 years. Uh, then you become depressed uh, and uh, bored with the drugs. So you usually typically move on to uh, speed and so on and so on. Please, Drew. Thank you, for Adam, having learned something. But okay. it, it is the point is it's not a slowly progressive thing the way our culture seems to assess it. It's like 10 to people, 20 years is pe- not No, no, no. People smoke. say, oh, you know, they, hey. Joe was smoking after school once in a while, and then after on the weekends, and then after every football game, and then and over six months, all of a sudden it was every no. The, a powder addict will begin immediately. They have a tremendous experience, a tremendous euphoria, and wake up the next day pursuing the drug. They may not smoke it every day, but they will think about it every day from then on, and most of them will use it. Yeah, but when you talk about the depression, is that something that is chemically affected? From of course. Marijuana? Oh, marijuana is, is a neurotoxin. Yeah. And if you listen, you looked at. If you ever looked at scanning electron micrographs of the brain cells after they've been exposed to pot, it is startling. Really? Um, oh, it's bizarre. They get this big black layer of material that nobody knows what it is. It lines the cell membranes. Because that's there's, um, there's people that have been. That's resin. You got to scrape that. You got to get coat that hanger you, and put you, it in your ear. That you can what? There's people that have been saying that it's not physically addictive, but that if Andrew, it's changing please. your neurochemistry, please, then it's definitely... Please, it, it, listen, the science finally published two articles. The, the, this is one of the most prestigious scientific journals that clearly document the biology of the addictive elements in, in pot. And I work in a recovery program every day of my life, and marijuana addiction is one of the more common addictions we treat. All right, but there it's, are... not, it's not addictive to everybody. Just the way alcohol is not addictive to everybody. It's a subset of alcoholics primarily that have this predisposition. So if, sub, you, you see it as it being a subset of alcoholism? Yes. 
And, no, and, no, and, of alcoholics. Alcoholics. People, yes. people with the, with the gene. The gene. The, the, not all of them with the gene have the potential for marijuana addiction. I don't know. Nobody's studied to find out how, how great a predisposition that is. But uh, it, it is, when it happens, it's glaringly apparent. Well, here's what I'd like to know. There, uh, there is such a thing as marijuana dependency and addiction. We know that now. Yeah. I would like to know, but here's my contention. Out of the millions and millions of people that um, uh, partake in marijuana yeah. casually, I, I would, I would say a sm well. Nah, it's, it's I'm trying small. to think what I'm saying. It's a very small. Not very small. It's small. Very it, small. Look, how many people have partaken alcohol? Gradually, right. how what percentage of alcoholics? It's about yeah, maybe maybe ten percent, maybe eight percent. It's hard to know. And uh, of of that percent, what maybe half have the predisposition for marijuana, and most of them never come in contact with marijuana. So it's not that common. What do you mean never come in contact with marijuana? Well, the six the six year old three martini a lunch, you know, right. is not alcoholic, is not smoking pot because he never smoked it. Right. He got in touch with it. Right. Not shooting heroin either, but he could be a heroin addict if he got in touch with that. Because that most cocaine and heroin addicts are all are, are actually biologically alcoholics, or what our culture would call alcoholics. Right. We had to stop calling it uh, alcohol. I think we had to call it uh, reward system activation disorder. Right. Uh, hold on, that sucks too. Uh, reward, reward RSAD. RSAD. I, I we had to get rid of alcoholism and call it reward activation disorder. Uh, why don't we How about call RAD? it reward activation disorder? Well, that's good. Go. <laughs> Dr. Drew is right. He's got the RAD. Yeah. Or uh, uh, yeah, reward. Yeah. Or, or reward conditioning disorder. Well, I'll go RCD. with I'll go with SAD, which is uh, system activation nah, disorder. Rewards. Reward. Yeah, RAD's better. You're right. The kids will really jump on that. Mel. Yes. What's going on, Mel? Um. Well, I'm 25 years old. I'm also um, a specifically a male to female transsexual, um, preoperative but full time now, um, and also with a son itself. Um, hey, well, slow down. You're 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 um, you're XY male. No, um, I'm a male to female transsexual. You have XY chromosomes. No, that's not correct. Um, the term transsexual, it's you know, though I don't like using this phrase. It's sort of. Um, Feeling like, you know, feeling of the opposite gender that you were born into is the best way to describe that. Um, you have, what is your chromosomes, XX or XY? Um, they're, they're actually, yes, sorry, I'm sorry, they are XY. Thank you. Oh, please. <laughs> All right, uh, didn't Drew say that twice into the microphone? <laughs> All right, what was it, what did you say before pre-op transsexual? Um, I'm, I'm pre-operative, and I'm also, the term is called spell. This means that the people I work with and most of my friends do not know. Wow, stealth. Oh, stealth. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You know, uh, although I got to tell you, if it was the 80s, you'd be called the turbo. <laughs> that was a very hot thing. You know, I have this theory that it, now in the 90s, everything's a stealth. Right. I, I have a stealth garage door opener <laughs> in my house. doesn't work where the crap, there's a stealth car, everything's stealth. Back in the 80s, it was, it was like, you know, everything was turbo. And before then, I'm going to figure it yeah, out. I think like it, jet, jet, uh, jet stream or jet. Well, uh, that was the 60s jet, and 70s. Yeah, no, right. that was the rocket in yeah, jet. Rocket. There you go. 80 was turbo. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. So you, you, you're the, uh, you're stealth. Yes, that's correct. So you, you fly in below the gaydar, and nobody knows what's going on. Yes. And you, you clearly, you've been on hormones. Yes. Yes, I've, I've been living full time now for two and a half years. It's amazing. Your voice really sounds female. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. Where are um, you in your car phone? Can you come over here? 
I don't know. I don't know where you're located. <laughs> well, where are you calling from? What city? Um, I'm in Mountain View. Oh, sure. Mountain View. Where's Mountain View? I have no idea. Where's Mountain California. View? It's um, near San Jose. Oh, San Jose? Mm-hmm. Mm. Gee, if you really were stealth, you, you could probably make it here in time uh, before the show ended, but uh, I don't <laughs> think so. All right, so, hey, are you going anywhere where there's a better phone? You going home or to some uh, transsexual bar or something? No, I, I could go home. Um, yeah, go home, because we'd really like to talk wait, to you. Now, you guys take take her phone number, uh, okay, and then call her at home. Hold on, Mel, Okay. All right. We're going to call you, so hold on. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and Lisa, find out, you know, when Mel's going to come home and all that all that Ain't good junk. Name Mel. Melanie? Melvin? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know whether to call him her or him. It's yeah. Her. It's well, her. here's the thing. I was just thinking about that. When someone is uh, transsexual or even sometimes a transvestite, you, you have difficulty labeling them. And you forget how much you use the term he, she, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound real respectful. Right. So I think we ought to call them they. Because it's a he, she? I think, I think the, what they wish to be considered, which is, this case, it's a she. I think we ought to, yeah, we ought to, to go with she. Him as her. All right, but that sounds like yeah. um, a little too respectful. It uh, really does. I like uh, to make fun of people. All right, Drew, um, you want to sell the hell out of the next call, yeah. and then we'll talk to Mel and I mean, find let's, out. Let's see if we can get Mel back. Because I want to get all into this transsexual yeah, yeah, business. Be There's a lot of confusion. A let's lot of see. people don't know the difference between a transvestite and a transsexual uh, and a pre-op transsexual let's and all that. And I want to know how this procedure works. Yeah, let's see if we can get Mel on the phone after the break. Really. Okay. Yeah. All right. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed sensitive areas. Blinds Galore will help you every step of the way from start to finish, measuring, picking the perfect blind or shade, and even installing it. They make it easy. You do it all from home. That's right. Don't have to leave the house. Don't go to any big box store and force yourself to deal with some salesman. Nobody has the customer service or selection of Blinds Galore. Plus, at BlindsGalore.com, you'll always get 100% custom. Everything is made just for you and your windows. They even have an expert customer care team standing by that can help you with everything from measuring to design advice, whatever you need. They start to finish. They'll take care of you. And so whether you need more privacy, more dark to sleep, more dark to cool down, or just fix up a room, BlindsGalore.com has, guess what, Blinds Galore. With free samples, free shipping, free customer service expertise, and prices that beat the big box stores, it doesn't get any easier than this. Go to BlindsGalore.com today and let them know that Dr. Drew and Adam sent you. That is BlindsGalore.com. Hi, this is Kelly from the Sneaker Pimps, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carella and Dr. Drew. I like that Kelly. I uh, hung out with her a little bit in New York. She's real sweet. All right, Drew, what is that uh, there? That uh, Basically, you know? it says, why is the HIV virus the only virus that a person said to have when the presence of antibodies are fine? When you have a virus, chickenpox, mumps, flu, large amounts of living virus found in your body, this is not true with HIV. After recovering from every other viral infection, the antibodies that defeated the virus remain in the body to protect against future infection. This is the basis of vaccine. Why is HIV the only virus that doesn't apply? Why? Uh, this virus, the antibody response occurs, but it doesn't completely eradicate the virus. And the virus continues to proliferate primarily in white 
blood cells, and uh, it has a growth curve in which, over time, the concentration of the virus in the blood does increase mm. because the proliferation becomes exponential at a certain point, and uh, the antibodies do fail. Uh, and, uh, when, and when the listen, viral particles are at a higher concentration, it tends about. to correlate with the actual onset of the AIDS syndrome. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, the other syndrome, the other diseases this oh, person boy. is talking about, it has two things: yeah. one, large amounts of virus in the blood, which is true. That's just not true with the HIV virus, typically, at least until the end of the disease. And the antibodies in the case of the disease they mentioned eradicate the virus ultimately. doesn't happen in HIV. The, the virus eradicates the individual. Let me tell you, I had difficulty with Schoolhouse Rock. If we could somehow get that into uh, the form of a folk song and it rhymed. The and, HIV thing? Or what I just said? What you just said. Then I could probably grasp it. All right. But uh, I tuned out a long time ago. With yeah, that. you know that those guys turned out. What was I watching the other day? Johnny Bravo or something? Like new cart. My kids are into all kinds of new cartoons now. Yeah. And uh, Schoolhouse Rock turned up on uh, one of those. Oh yeah. But but doing new songs that unrelated to Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Any good? Funny. Yeah. Do you remember, were you here the night we had those guys here? Yeah. 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 They were kind of upset. <laughs> for for the guys who did Schoolhouse Rock, they're pretty surly guys. Yeah. Uh, n- nothing like what you'd expect. They were old, surly. Uh, Scirrus, as they say. Possibly drunken, abrasive men. Actually, the one guy was real nice. The other guy, he was uh, he was a little frightening. All right, what were you pointing at? Oh, oh, do we have... Uh, we have Mel. Yeah, we have Mel. Is that line eight? Yeah. Mel? Yes. Okay, now you're on a phone. Yeah, um, I'm still on a cordless phone, so hopefully this is going to be still better than my saldo. All right, <laughs> so you're a stealth um, transsexual. Yes, that's correct. Which means people around you don't know you're transsexual. Mm-hmm. They just think you're you're whatever gender you've assumed. Yes, that's correct. So, um, so you were a male and you went to female. Yes, that's correct. So, so everyone around you around you just assumes you're female. Mm-hmm. Yet you still possess a penis. Yes. Because you're, for the moment. For, for the, the moment. moment. Um, because you're pre-op. Yes. Hey, can I have your penis after they cut it off? Well, I, actually, they don't actually cut it off. Um, I, I don't want the whole thing. I just want, like, the middle section. The shavings. Just, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there's, like, the middle three or four inches in there. Seems a shame. Well, I guess I could ask the doctor, but I don't know if he can do Yeah. I'm going to need something to hang from my rear view. A lot of people hang the tassel from their uh, graduation cap from that, but Did the, this is. Let me sort of uh, leapfrog what we began discussing well, earlier. Why couldn't on you show. just use my penis? <laughs> Thank you. Um, did you? Did how did going on estrogens affect you? Um, actually, it calmed me down a lot. Um, it's interesting. It's. I've always been. I'm, I'm still sort of butch, I, and some of the people that. Nobody thinks that I'm really a lesbian, or for one reason or another. And uh, though sexually, I'm actually bi, uh, though I like men a lot more. Um, wow! So you're going to be able to experience bisexuality from both sides. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I'm still also a virgin, um, oh. or at least what, at least um, from an intercourse standpoint. Um, only thing I've ever done was given oral. Hey, do they give you a hymen if you're a virgin when they do this, the the uh, operation? No, they actually don't oh, give you a hymen. <laughs> that doesn't sound fair, does it, Drew? How I mean, old? if you can document your virgin, shouldn't they install a hymen in How there old? when they're putting the vagina in? Oh, God. How old were you when you began engaging in oral sex? Um, this is this is about two years ago. Um, so I was 23 at the time. Okay. Give me a dollar, Drew, by the way. Well, no, I'm just I'm curious. Give what, me a dollar. Wait a minute. I wait, know what you're getting at. Give me a dollar. 
I was Come on. curious. You're curious, schmurious. You thought it was she was going to say 11. You, you're way off, Drew. Give me a dollar. All right, Mel. Uh-huh. Let me ask you a few good questions. Okay. Um, have you been... Thank you, Drew. Have you, I'll leave it out in case oh. you win it back. Uh, I have to have a little incentives for Drew to stay involved with the show. A dollar <laughs> sitting around usually. Is, oh, ooh, and a big 20 spot, too, from the other week. All right, Mel. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, have you undergone the psychological counseling? Yes. Um, sure. I've seen counselors. I've actually, in fact, gotten one letter from one of my psychs um, who has uh, given me the okay. In order to get surgery, I, should, I have to have right. two evaluations. Mm-hmm. Oh, two. Mm-hmm. And, all right, so walk us through the entire process. Let's, um, just, let's just say, hypothetically, I would like to become the world's hairiest woman. <laughs> okay. Okay? Oh. And I, I, I have no idea where to turn. But all I know is I want to be a woman. What do I do? Well, one of the things that you can do is um, there's a lot of resources on the net in mm. general that uh, talk about um, gender dysphoria, which is what gender identity disorder is the actual name. It's documented in the Diagnostics and Statistics Manual, Volume 4. Right. Um, and on the net, we actually have a list of a lot of times you can find counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find surgeons this way, and if you don't know of a counselor, uh, you can contact us, one of the surgeons, and sometimes their office might be able to refer you to someone. I, um, I hear these procedures go on. Uh, people go to Canada to do these things because they're cheaper. Um, it's, it's not that they well, it is cheaper in Canada, um, but all the surgeons are pretty much booked. Um, what you don't want to oh. do is go to a butcher. Right. If you've, if you've gone through the whole process, it's... The process itself is not diff- it's very, very difficult. Um, the, the surgical process. Well, not just the surgical process, everything, everything else. Right. A lot of times before, before you can even go into hormones, you have to um, been seeing a uh, psychologist regularly. Usually they, they want anywhere from one to um, like seeing the person either weekly or every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, at least three months. Isn't your work cut out for you, though, when you're going to a psychologist? Because here is your, <laughs> here's your task. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've thought about this many a time, and I thought there would be no greater, uh, uh, like, like a uh, hundred years ago, if mm-hmm. you were trying to convince a, a psychologist you were insane, you would tell them you wanted to be a woman, mm-hmm. that you're a man, but you're trapped inside a woman's body, and I want to cut my penis off and become a woman. If, if you're making, like, a, a, a movie... Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get them to stamp you insane so you wouldn't have to go into the military or something. That would be the most compelling argument. Mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, couldn't think of a better argument well, that's, that's for the, wanting them to. That's the, the character in that ma- in the Mash program, Klinger. Yeah. Klinger. Right, Klinger. Klinger tried to get thrown off of, uh, tried to get out of Korea for for <laughs> for dressing as a woman. But how do you convince somebody that in fact uh, you're totally sane? You're just trapped in the wrong gender body. Um, it's. It's not necessarily something to convince the other person. When you go see this, when you see a psychologist or psychiatrist, um, hopefully who's somebody who actually has, understands the whole issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many uh, specialists in the field, for instance. Um, what they do, it's a, it's a route of self-discovery, which is why you're seeing this, seeing this therapist. Um, what they don't want to do is they, they want to make sure that the reasons could be something else, say if you have multiple personality disorder or uh-huh. something else, because the last thing, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. 
Um, right. Well, explain explain the the procedure. I, I know they split the penis. I believe mm-hmm. what they do is they take this penis and um, first they well first they take the scrotum, make an incision into the scrotum, remove the testicles, um, and they're essentially thrown away. They're useless. Um, the and what they do uh, depending on the procedure, several different procedures. Um, each each of the doctors has a mm-hmm. different method. But essentially, they split. They do what is known as a penile inversion. They split the skin um, open, and they leave all the nerve bundles intact, and, and, mo- and as many of the well, as many of the nerve bundles and as many of the veins intact. Mm. Um, they invert it and place it into a cavity, which is inside the body, which goes between um, the anus and um, I forget the. It's a, just a, it's an area ch- of the body. Your chin. There. It's like the is- ischiorectal fossa, probably. Yeah, I, I think that's where it is. So the, your penis looks like a um, wiener after it's been on the grill too long. <laughs> what a funny penis you've got. It's very peculiar. <laughs> that was Rod Stewart, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, so uh, they split the penis. They stuff mm-hmm. it back into you. They stuff it back into you, and what they do is they produce a clitoris out of um, out of the... Uh, oh. <laughs> i got to know where they get that clitoris. Why do you need a clitoris if you've got the, the penis still intact? Uh, because there's still most of the nerves are placed inside of the clitoral area. Oh. What they're trying to do is go for not only not only functioning ability, but also... Um, Appearance. Appearance. i got to tell you, even um, God-made vaginas aren't the best-looking thing in the world. No. I mean, I... I, I I don't mean to be insulting to the women, but it's it's really it's you know it's all right, but <laughs> it's not it's not the world's most flattering parts. I can only imagine what this sort of uh, the second hand vagina looks like. Actually, you'd be surprised. Oh, um, yeah. All right, we we got to. What does Mel stand for? Melvin or Melanie or? Uh, it, uh, well, I I prefer not to say my name because unfortunately uh, I'm stealthy. Okay. okay. All right. Um, do, when are you get the operation? Uh, that's that's where it gets difficult. Unfortunately. Because of health reasons, I may never see surgery. What's wrong with your health? Um, high problems with blood pressure. Um, no. I'm diabetic. I have both kidney and liver problems. No, this is God telling you to hang on to your penis. <laughs> um, it, it gets difficult because I'm also very lonely, and this is a period where, essentially, it's it's difficult going out. I've, I've had a couple boyfriends. Um, uh, what do they think of the penis? Well, when I start going out with them, they don't know. Oh, boy. Um, uh, hold on. Okay. Now, we got to put you on hold. All right. Uh, because i got to get to the little part about you dating where the guys don't know about the penis. Okay. I think this may have happened to me in Mexico. <laughs> All right, so hang on there, Mel. All right. All right. Uh, we'll go to break. We'll find out uh, the, the adventures of Mel, uh, the woman who hides a penis in her dress after this. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Loveline will be right back. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot, because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. 
TrueCar not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the TrueCar app today. This is Louise and Nina from Veruca Salt, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, you is. And uh, Salt and Peppa, who were supposed to come in tonight, came in, but they came in two hours early. It's a long story. I already explained it. They will either be back tomorrow night or they will be back at the end of this month. That is a guarantee. So we'll uh, see how that unfurls. Uh, when we left off here on Love Language, speaking of Mel, Mel we've spoken to for quite some time, but I can't help it. I'm fascinated by this procedure. It's, um, it's a never-ending source of fascination to me. Mel is 25. Mel is currently a male, but would uh, love to become a female. He is uh, what you call a stealth transsexual, a pre-op stealth transsexual, meaning uh, he's not had the operation yet, but he's on the uh, hormones, right. the estrogens. Had the counseling. Had the counseling. Probably um, plucked a thing or two. And uh, is stealth because people don't know he's a transsexual. They just think he's a woman. Right. Or at least drunk guys think he's a woman right. because he's dated a few guys. Well, and that's what you want to hear about. doesn't now. mention the penis part uh, on the first date, which is something I forget to ask, but I should really start asking. Mel? Yes, hi. Okay, so uh, so are you an attractive woman? Um, I personally don't think I am, but a lot of my friends think I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, so... Uh, There's well, a lot of self-esteem issues here. Sure, well, why, why, why? Why all the self-esteem issues? Um, growing up, my parents used to say that I was ugly and mm. uh, um, that now I was overweight, that if I never lost weight, you know, nobody would ever care about What was your family or, like? Just uh, You have brothers and sisters? Um, I have all sisters. I have uh, younger sisters. Fascinating. Um, no, lots of younger sisters. I have four. And what was the family like? Um, it, it's interesting. My um, family, we grew up close, closer to my mother in general. Um, my father's a very unemotional person. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, the only time I ever, seen, ever saw my father cry was when I came out. Oh, when you, when you told him you are gay? Um, no, not when I was gay, but told oh, him I was transsexual. Oh, transsexual, yeah. That will get, uh, even, even the strongest of men will. Mike Ditka would break down in tears if his son... Told him he was uh, transsexual. When you came out with that, um, I was twenty. Older. Okay. Yeah. Well, you showed him. <laughs> you certainly showed him. Now, how does it work when people go? Uh, now they're talking about the family. Uh, five, five sisters. Uh, well, four and a. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Mel, you didn't like your dad, though. No, actually, I love my father. I love my family. Um, okay. It's real difficult for me because they're having such a hard time. With oh, me still. oh. If if um, any of the sisters become men? Um, no. Though sometimes I wonder about one of my sisters. If she's really a dyke or not. <laughs> really? Well, but yeah. that's. <laughs> hey, uh, you probably know better than we do. It doesn't seem there's a whole lot of women wanting to become men. 
Um, yeah, actually there are. There's, uh, there are FTMs. It's female to male. Um, in fact, I have several that are friends of mine. Um, female to male, really? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe work a little swap out. You know what I, you know what I think you should do? Uh-huh. I just, I just came on to this, but I think this is a brilliant idea. You have all these guys wanting to become women and all these women wanting to become guys. And then you got to go through the process. You know, Mel's got to pluck stuff, get on the estrogens, uh, get a um, get a, a breast augmentation, get the penis cut off. Uh, the male that wants to become a uh, uh, sorry, the female that wants to become a male has to get a has, has, has to forge herself a penis and and do all this add a, add a Adam's apple or whatever it is they do. Here's what you do: brain swap. <laughs> Leave the body alone. You just swap the brain. All right, Gilligan. This would be easier. It really would be easier. We just uh, take Mel's brain and slap it in the the, the head of the uh, of the girl who wants to become a guy, and everyone's happy, and the body is left unmolested. Another episode of Gilligan oh, come on, Island. the brain swap. They, they can do stuff. They can they can cut in your uh, brain. Uh, it seems more feasible to me than adding a penis to a female. Well, it, their surgery is significantly more All difficult. Right. Um, yeah, how do they how do they add that? They have to. They have oh, a couple they, different things. They have to produce the phallus uh, one, one way or another. And can't they just take your? Why can't they take a penis like from a cadaver and just put it on there? It's not that easy. <laughs> there's there's a lot of um, just talking about you know trying to get the nerves reconnected. Yeah, but what about like they can do a liver? Yeah. Why not a penis? No. It wouldn't take? It's easier to do a liver. It's yeah, easier so to do a liver than a penis. Yeah. Oh, what kind of society are we living in, Engineer Mike, when it's easier to do a liver transplant than a penis transplant? <laughs> All right. All right, so Mel, just tell us very quickly about the time you dated a, uh, went out with a guy and uh, didn't explain to him in advance that you had um, a penis. Well, there was one person, I don't want to bring up his name because a lot of my friends know about this person, but he, uh, we dated for a while. We dated for about a um, total of nine months. Mm-hmm. After I didn't tell him until after about three months. Nine months. Uh, by ha- the point in time, I was already giving him oral. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's actually almost seen me completely nude. He's essentially seen me in everything... Uh, Nothing but my underwear before. Oh, wow. That's why they call it the, the penis. That's why they call that uh, movie the crying game. How because this guy's gonna stop crying. How to so, react? Oh um, my god! At the time, you know, he couldn't believe. He first didn't want to believe it. You no, know, he thought maybe I was trying to pull a joke on him just to see how he react. Um, and it was, it was difficult because the whole time when I went out with him, you know, he he knew I was depressed about something, and he would he would say, "Well, you can tell me anything. You know, you can even tell me you used to be a guy as long as you aren't one now." He would always add that little piece on there. At the oh end. my God! How and, weird that he would say that. And um, it's it's in fact he and a friend of his used to do one time they were talking trying to figure out what it was. You now they were going, "Well, maybe she was molested when she was younger, or maybe this happened." And so, like they even brought up the question, "Well, maybe she used to be a guy." And they turned to each other and they said, "Nah, that couldn't be it." Um, oh, oh boy. You know, he, he didn't talk, you know, he was trying, I was crying and it was, I was feeling suicidal at the time, so he was just trying to get me calmed down. Um, the, this guy drank a little bit, though, didn't he? No, not oh, at all. really? This is sober? Mm-hmm. And, Probably uh, the best oral sex he ever had, though. Well, he enjoyed it. He said it was actually quite good. <laughs> so, but, um... Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, so did he break up with you? Well, that's just... No, he didn't, um... We we continued dating for another six. Well, he didn't talk to me for about a week, and he was trying to get his own thoughts and whatnot collected. And 
you know, about a week later, he gave me, gave me a call and wanted to know if I wanted to go see a movie. And we started going out again. And then we went out for another six months. Um, Incredible. The the whole thing stopped. Um, I really can't go into the story because, once again, there's a lot of people that do know about this, that they don't know about my past. Um, but some things came up, and um, we essentially broke up. Mm. You ever you, you ever get an erection while you're wearing a skirt? No, not anymore. The, the estrogen, estrogen takes care really of that. Oh, the yeah. estrogen, yeah. That, that's the, the main reason, I believe, men and, don't and, wear and, skirts because of the erection. It's the man doing that to him, right? Those estrogens have nothing to do with why the aggression and the estrogens die. Society. For, society. I, I, now that he's a woman, uh, society takes away all that. I never thought about that, but I think that's why guys don't wear skirts because of the erection factor. Especially, like, in high school. Get, like, three erections a day. You know, third period, uh, fourth period, and lunch. And if you're wearing a skirt, it'd be quite obvious. Although the kilt... Heavy material. Oh, will hold down the erection? Yeah. I think my penis could lift a kilt. I really do. All right. Uh, where were we? Yeah. Let's see if we can get we're, another let, call. Let's wrap up with Mel, right? Let's right. just wrap it up. Let's All right. Talk. All right. Uh, Mel? Mel? Uh-huh. We're wrapping up with you. we got to go. Okay. I, I, listen, I... Um, Aside from the curiosity about all this, mm-hmm. it, it, you're someone that clearly has suffered a lot with with uh-huh. uh, with all this, and uh, things are not better right now. It's well, th- things are better. I have a great job. I make a lot of money. Right. Um, well, I mean, wait a minute. Uh huh. Well, we may be going to another break. What do you do? Um, I work with computers. <laughs> all right, all right. Mm-hmm. San Jose. Uh, Everybody I, works computers up there. Mm-hmm. I, I work with computers. Um, I, right, make, I make nearly almost eighty thousand dollars a year. Right, hey, did they start so. paying you less uh, because you became a woman? Now, look, oh, no, remember, my work doesn't know either. The, none, nobody knows. But you're a woman, as far as the work goes. Yeah. And Adam's asking if the uh, sort of the artificial deflation is occurring. Do you see? You that know how women always claim they get paid like twenty yeah, percent less than men. That's actually true. Wow. All right, I would show my boss my, uh, your penis. Uh, I, I would call. <laughs> I would call him into the office, and I would just uh, hike up the skirt and say, "Okay, how about a race?" No, I don't think that's going to happen. Right, but now look, I, I, if you're better, good. I mean, I just I pick up on how much suffering you've sort of been through, mm-hmm. and you're talking about your loneliness and all. And so, uh, good luck. And we we. Yeah, it, it's just difficult because at this stage, um, especially with the fact that I may never have surgery. And, and by the way, I, I was thinking about this week. I think, you know, in our society, people that have other than standard heterosexual orientations have, no. have to suffer an, a tremendous amount in our society. It's really pathetic. And, and well, already many of them have a lot of issues that they're carrying around. And our society makes it that much worse. I don't know. That's why I say everyone should just uh, shape up and get in line. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my argument to that. Yes, yes, <laughs> well, Mr. I, I Mr. mean pragmatic. it. Well, I mean, Mel. I think Mel. Uh, keep the penis and uh, pick a pro. You know, pick an NFL team and uh, you know start following uh, the Packers and call the life. Yeah. Uh, you're caught. You're you're opening a whole can of worms here. I think or you know I'm right. Closing Drew. it. John, the voices are trying to John. throw me off while they're tr- while John. I'm trying to concentrate John. on John. this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Love line. I'll be right back. On this week's big podcast with Shaq, is Shaq a helicopter sports dad like Diddy? In a few years, Sharif will have his opportunity to play college ball. Don't tell me that Shaq's going to end up being like Diddy. Going after a coach and going out in handcuffs at practice. You know what? I don't believe 
the media most of the time. Speculation. However, right. if yeah. somebody disrespect my son, I'm going to have to also get arrested. Any form of disrespect was going on, I'd probably have to go see the coach. Oh, man. I'd you probably get a, have to go see the coach. You so, get arrested. This show gets canceled. Listen, I, <laughs> I know Ray Donovan. We'll be out in five minutes. The Big Podcast with Shaq. That's me. It's up right now at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. the crying game. Oh, and it makes you wonder, Drew, how much oral sex have you received from men without knowing it? I know Mike's copped a couple of, t- couple. although, oh no, oh I'm sorry, yes, he Is did know. No, he knew, no, he knew, oh, I, uh, I was mistaken, I misunderstood Mike, so... All right, uh, it is Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. It's Dr. Drew, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. This show is Loveline. Adam and Drew. Drew, board certified one. Phone number? 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Salt and Peppa were supposed to be in here tonight. Salt and Peppa came in two hours before they should have been in because the record rep, Matt, a.k.a. Money, uh, old friend, screwed up and thought the show was on 8 to 10. A honest mistake, although still a moronic one, an honest mistake. Matt's a good guy and we forgive him. Salt and Peppa may be in tomorrow night. Or if they're not in tomorrow night, they will uh, most certainly be in at the end of the month. So their label gal, Susan, says. <laughs> label gal. Label gal, Susan, says. Well, uh, her last name isn't says, but that's what she said. Jars of Clay will be in here later on this week. Duran Duran will be in here. Goldfinger next week. And it's back to the phones we go. Michelle. Uh-huh. You're 25? Hello. Yes. Yes. Um, I had some medical problems about a month or so ago, and um, I was um, in the doctor's office having some tests run, and I had some friends there. Actually, I wasn't in the office. I was in the... Waiting. Where do you recall where they do x-rays? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, um, my friends were there waiting for me to come back, and about three weeks ago, my friends told me after they did surgery and fixed everything that was wrong, and um, my friend told me that she overheard my doctor talking to an orderly or something about the fact that she, you know, on occasion will smoke pot. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know how to take it. I've talked to coworkers, and um, some will say, "Well, everybody does it," and others just, "Oh my gosh, you know, you've got to, you've got to tell her higher ups." And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that because she found out what was wrong with me, but. <laughs> Well, it's a very, very. Who are these people telling, saying you have to report her? Yeah. Just other people. I'm, I'm a teacher, and people at my work would tell me, and other teachers. Or... Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing, as I understand it, that precludes a physician from using a mild, mind altering substance. I, well, it's hard to know because it's an illicit substance. I mean, alcohol, theoretically, women, uh, I mean, physicians should be able to use when they're not practicing, you know, when uh-huh. they're not when they're not having a patient responsibility. I don't know how the ethics would apply to marijuana because it's illegal. If it were legal, it would probably fall in the same 
circumstances alcohol, but it's not well, legal. Yeah, so, but, and any, well, yeah. so listen, you break the law, uh, it's not considered yeah. a problem. All right, but it's yeah. illegal to you know, hand out those prescription sample packets, which doctors are notorious for, so that's the law. You know what I mean? Uh, There's many laws uh, that doctors break. Uh, Drew, you break the sound barrier. <laughs> you break the law of physics when your car doesn't lift off of the ground because of the speeds you obtain on the way home uh, each night. Now, but look, the the question you need to ask yourself from the standpoint of is this a serious concern in terms of her ability to function is, is it a, a habit? Is it is she an addict? Because in reality, occasional marijuana use will not hurt anybody any yeah. more than occasional alcohol use would. That sounds kind of more like what it is because I guess my, my friends were telling me that, um, I mean, they, they were just right there in the waiting room of of the office. It's all It's all in one big area. It's a clinic. And... Um, the doctor was just talking earlier about yeah about how occasionally she would you know take a right. hold on Michelle what are you twenty five yeah I'm twenty five where are you from I'm from um, Fresno mm-hmm nice okay yeah, you guys got to get something going on over there in Fresno you don't have a mall or anything. Uh, I'm a little bit too old to go hang out at the mall. Oh, baby. Hanging out at the radiology department. What's going on? Who cares? You're 25. Please. It's just weird. I mean. Okay. But wait a minute. Let me ask you this. I'll figure out whether the doctor has a problem or not. But but she needs to decide what she needs from a physician in order to feel confident. What was was the problem that you had? Um, I had gallstones. Uh Uh-huh. And when she told you that you had gallstones... Uh Uh-huh. Did she did she uh, phrase it this way, dude? You are bummed. <laughs> no, she didn't. You're no, you're bumming. No. No. And uh, when and you she, said like the best doctor, I mean, all right. I went to three other doctors, and none of them was able to figure out what was wrong. For two months, I was that way. Right. Okay. So I mean, I have a ton of respect for it. Okay. Good. Leave her alone then. Yeah, that, that's what I want to do. It's just fine. Really weird. Uh, get her bong for Christmas. Why did you talk okay. to her about it? Why did you? Oh, it play it. No, play it's no, an no, intrusion. No, oh, Somebody no, no. heard something yeah, hey, of listen. you over. But listen, please listen. Talk to her about it. It's not anything. Oh, that, for Christ's sake! She's twenty-five should, years old, Drew. Please move com- on. Comfortable bringing up to their physician whatever issues make them uncomfortable and affect the relationship. They should. They should do it just the way you would bring up the. Issues with inter, any other interpersonal relationship. You want to be honest and open and keep the relationship uh, as, as free-flowing as possible. All right. That's never going to happen. It's the worst idea I've ever heard. Mike, you're 31. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. All right. Hey, I got a new uh, saying for them. Uh, transsexuals are called shims. Shims, right. Shims. <laughs> shims. Oh, okay. Shims, like she's, yeah. shims, shims. I like that. <laughs> you like that, huh? Well, not that much. Not that much. Okay. okay. Uh, Doctor, this question's for you. Yeah. Okay, when I was 15 years of age, I started smoking marijuana. Yeah. And at 29, I quit smoking marijuana and quit doing everything else besides drinking beer. I still drink beer, and quite frequently, not all the time, though. How long does the effects, or does ever the marijuana craving go away, or will it always be there? Yeah, it's difficult, difficult to answer. I suspect most of it goes away over the first year, but you're still delivering substances to your brain that activate the reward system. So you're going to have momentum, and you're still going to have cravings, and you're still going to be preoccupied with substance until you get completely away yeah. from substances that activate that system. Uh, it's going to be a constant issue for you. Yeah, because every once in a while I have anxiety or I get a little bit stressed out or problems are bothering me. Yeah, but, you, but you understand something. You haven't done anything you have you have been f- using substances to manage your feelings since you were 15 
as a result of that, you didn't do the normal developmental uh, process that people go through from 15 to 25 in terms of managing their feelings and learning how to cope. You use substances to cope. And when you take the substances away, all those old feelings are still there. All those developmental mm. hurdles you didn't overcome ah. are still not overcome. Mm -hmm. And you have no, no chance but to go back to substances unless you do something like recovery, like therapy, things like that. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a real basic thought, but I never really thought of it we in those have to, terms. People don't think of it very clearly. I mean, most addicts, most substance users begin using substances when they're under the age of 17. Mm -hmm. and, and they use them, uh, they, they learn very quickly that it works well, because it does work. It, it alleviates bad feelings. That is very true. And those years, Jesus Christ, the years uh, for me personally, and I imagine this would be the same for everybody, between the age of, let's say, uh, 17 and 27, where there, so much to cope with, so much yeah. to deal with, so much to get over, so much to get past, mm -hmm. so much to reconcile. Yeah. And if you didn't go through that process, you'd be real ill-equipped yeah, to handle stuck. your 30s. If you just escape them, which is what these substances do, they cause you to escape them totally. Different than mood-altering medicines, these mood-raising medicines like Prozac and whatnot, which really just affect the mood and don't, don't uh, narcotize you, don't, leave, don't cause you to escape entirely. Yeah, but still, a, a criticism of those drugs because you it, those the bad feelings are what motivate you to make change, theoretically. Uh, well, I mean, you want to break it down a step further. The reason you move your hand out of the flame is because it hurts. Right. Otherwise, you just stare at it and go, "Oh, oh, it smells. Uh, I better move it." Max. Um. Yes. How you guys? How's it going? Good. You're 16. What's going on? Um. Well. Um. First of all, I just want to say I saw the uh, the episode of Road Rules that you guys are on. For some reason, I was just laughing my ass off earlier. We haven't seen that yet. Thank you. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I haven't seen that one either. I don't know. You know, they seem to show that thing 30, 40 times a week, but <laughs> somehow, well, actually, I think you have to watch MTV to see it, Drew. But you don't realize it's part of your problem. Adam incited a uh, riot. It was, looked like a scene from Frankenstein with the guys with the torches coming down the <laughs> down the dirt roads. Yeah, bring the flaming tire was was the rallying call. Here, here's what happened for those of you. And just uh, hold on one second, Max. I don't. Remember, I don't know how it all got edited up or anything, but here's basically what happened. On the MTV's Road Rules, they went to Grenada. Grenada was this uh, little island that we had a medical school on, and we went over there and kicked some Grenadian ass about 1980 or so. I think Reagan was involved with that. But the point is, um, there's a little skirmish we had uh, some years ago. But the point is, is the Road Rules kids went to the island of Grenada, they took over the radio station. Which was the national public radio station. Right. Uh, these Grenada. Uh, yeah, Grenadians can listen to one station. It is that one. They went in there. They started doing a love advice show. Drew and I were on the set of Loveline. I can't remember what day this was, like on a Wednesday or something, yeah. in the middle of the week, and we were just sitting around the set early. And they put us on, and they filmed us while we were helping out with some of these Grenadian, or Grenadian love calls. Sort of uh, Loveline goes to Grenada and co-hosted by the Road Rules people. Well, listeners started calling in, and they were upset because these Grenadians are, um, I don't know, they must have been colonized by somebody at some point, but they have all sorts of weird uh, ideas about sex, and they found it very disrespectful that we were speaking of sex. Um, I then seized this opportunity to start antagonizing the Grenadians. 
The Grenadians then called in and said, uh, you know, they were going to come in and, and, and cause some damage. I told them to bring it on because I was sitting from the comfort and safety of the Los Angeles studio, whereas the people in Grenada thought I was there. The road rules people were there. Who were there and were who were fearing for their lives after I antagonized the Grenadians enough. And at one point, I think, just ended up cutting me off because uh, I was telling all these Grenadians to come down to the station and I'd give them a walloping and one, one American could kick 10 Grenadians' ass and all. Good stuff like that. Is, is that about right, Max? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. They had one part where uh, they had this old lady call up and you were like, bring it on to the station. I'm right here or something like that. <laughs> Old lady, it was an old lady you started. I'll uh, take on any provoking. Grenadians. Yeah. So anyway, they they seriously though, because we we're speaking to them during the commercials, if they really feared uh, for themselves, their the safety. Other thing I, it was bizarre about that show is we we were encouraging them not to date one another. Remember this? The the road rules. Yeah, and I don't know how much that got on the air, but a lot of it was yeah, they were very the well, they were very defensive. Like, how can you say that? Blah blah blah. And these things, you know. And uh, guess what? It was a miserable time for them because of these relationships. None of them worked out, and they all hate each other. Really? Basically. I, I ran into some of them when we were in New York, and they were like, you told me not to date that guy. I said, yeah. And she goes, I can't believe you'd say that to me. I go, were you dating him? No. Mm. No, not at all. Don't speak anymore. We told him to date the guy from Oddville. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Max, what's going on? Um, okay, well, this is a girl I've been hanging out for about, I don't know, maybe a few months now. I'm not sure. Um and we've, we, I thought we were just friends um, until, uh, like, maybe a month ago or so. She got a boyfriend. I am, I've been feeling deeply depressed. I've been having trouble. No, wait, 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 wait. You, you were not? Huh? You were not dating her? No, I'm not dating. We, we were hanging out, you know. You, this wasn't your girlfriend? No. We, Did she the, know the kind of feelings you were beginning to develop for her? Well, here's the thing. I want to. I really want to tell her. Um, no, did did she know though when you were just hanging out? No, I. Well, see, when we were just hanging out, I thought we were just friends. You Ever were. Since she got a boyfriend. I just been feeling extremely. You, you were. You were just friends. Huh? You were just friends. You were. I thought. I thought we were just friends. You were so. just friends. Yeah, we were just friends. Oh, yeah. for Christ's so. sake! I'm sorry. Yeah, you I, were just friends, uh, and and that's what you were. Yeah. Okay. Why then such a reaction? I. I don't, I really don't know. Um, well, you liked her, didn't you? You just yeah, couldn't. Well, you were too scared her, to admit it. But I, he, I liked her. I, he didn't like her until he didn't have her. But yeah, mm, but uh-oh. I was never never in that way, you know. And when mm. she got a boyfriend, it just mm. there we it go. Like, it's sort of right. like head in my hands, tears on the floor type. Uh, this is the Adam Carolla syndrome. Yeah, this uh-oh. is. You know. Listen, Mark. Now wait a minute, Max. I'm sorry, too far away from the screen. Uh, leave her alone. You don't. You're not really interested. You're only interested. It, here's what it is. It's like um, you know when kids uh, they're playing with a little Tonka truck and then they get tired of it and they put it aside and they go pick up something else and then the little brother comes in and starts playing with the Tonka truck and they decide they want the Tonka truck back. That's how sincere it is. Yeah. It's just the it's a symbol of something else. Well, it's not. It's not like a. It's not like this. It's like um, I, I'm feeling that I'd feel better if I, if she at least know. Mm, but the thing is, yeah. I want to. I want to tell her, but. The thing is, she, with her past. Well, what's with her past? It, she, I don't think she could take it emotionally. What's with her past? Um, I kind of swore a vow that I wouldn't tell. So just say something pretty extreme that you know in her past that she you know. What that, happened in your past? No, in her past. How about yours? My past. My past is pretty fine. It's perfect. Perfect. Leave it to be. I, I, I've never been you know into drugs or anything like that. 
know, the only thing, the only bad thing that's ever happened to me is my uncle died. That's pretty much. Okay, so she was uh, molested or something. No, she she was never molested or anything uh, like that. Raped? Uh, not raped. Mm. Um, uh, undressed uh, with someone's someone's okay, well, uh, visually undressed her. I've done that yeah. to Anne. No, it's. Uh, well, okay. Well, right. listen, Max. We don't have time to play twenty questions with Max. Okay. All right. Stay away from her. All right. They, you you didn't like her that much, or you would have. No, well, you would have. I, I liked her great as a, as a good friend. Yeah, okay, you're, you're that's cast, it. He's casting a play. Oh boy. He he needed somebody to play that leading lady, the damsel in distress, and uh, she did that. And when she was gone, uh, the void was more than he could take, and had to put her back in. Yeah. You don't go out with someone, you don't hang out with someone and get to know someone and then uh, find out mysteriously six months later when they get a boyfriend that you like them. This uh, is you're this not, is not like them, but just overwhelmingly in love with this her. Is can't a, deal without her. This is the stuff of movies. All guys know when they like somebody. They know, man. I mean, they know in the first, the first ten minutes. Now, what they can do is... Uh, they, they can stop liking yeah, them, right. which happens to me all the time, but... That whole grow on it, that's something that women do. Men don't <laughs> But that, men this don't wasn't grow. even the grow on it. This was the moment she left. Right. right. It, it right. was the end of the world Please. for him. And there's something going on there. We just oh, boy. figure it out. Lori. Lori? Hi. 22. What's going on? Oh, um, I've had um, two seizures in the past about a year. Wow. And every when I go to the emergency room, I mean, it's, every time it's happened, it's been after I've hurt myself. And when I go to the emergency room... The, the doctors don't act like it's a big deal. Like what do you mean after you've hurt yourself? Well, the first time it happened, I had hit my funny bone really hard, mm -hmm. and it made me pass out, and I smacked my head on the concrete, oh. and I had one then. Boy, are you a lightweight. <laughs> you hit your funny bone? Yeah, the doctors called it a vasal vagal. That's not a seizure. No, but that I had one after I passed out. But when you have a vasal vagal reaction, you will typically, many people will shake violently, and be very uh, disoriented and kind of flail about for a few minutes, and that is not a seizure. Well, um, well, my boyfriend was there, and he's an EMT. He said my eyes rolled back, and I pulled my arms up to my... That is not a seizure. Okay, well, the second time it happened was like three weeks ago, and I stepped on some glass and cut my foot open. Hold on a second, Goofy. Wait, let me, let me just backtrack for a second. The doctor said you had a vasal vagal reaction. Yeah. Not a seizure. Right. Okay. Right. They never said seizure. No, and not then, a seizure. And, and then, not. and then Drew said, so that's not a seizure. "You had a vasal 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 vagal reaction." And then you said, "No, uh, that was before." No, 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 no. I mean, I had the seizure after I hit the ground. That is so, part yeah, of the vasal vagal reaction. Okay, okay. All right. not, that is not a seizure. So so far, you haven't okay. had a seizure. So I've only had one. Then I guess. <laughs> what happened when? You, what happened when you hit and cut your foot? I cut my foot open and. Um, I passed out. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting on the floor and passed out, and I had the same thing. My eyes rolled back in my head. And that is not a seizure. That it's is not. A, that is a vasovagal reaction. What is the vasovagal reaction? It is where basically your heart rate slows down, your blood pressure goes to zip, and because of the diminished blood supply to the brain, you get something that looks like a seizure very often. People will shake and, and uh, eyes roll back, and they can become real tetanic. They can get real, a lot of tonic muscle contractions. Yeah. And then when they come to, they'll kind of flail and be disoriented for a few seconds. And that is not a seizure. Okay, yeah. That is a vasovagal reaction. Uh, isn't that what the doctors told you, Laurie? No. Well, the first time, after when I hit my funny bone, that's what they said. The second time, they didn't really say anything about it. Right, because they were tired of, tired of you by then. Well, yeah, see a neurologist. You should have an EEG to be sure. Uh, but it really sounds like a classic basal vagal reaction, both of them. What's up with that? 
you know, whack your funny bone and then you pass well, out. Well, some people are real sensitive to that. They uh, just they're, The vagus nerve is the nerve that basically slows down the heart, and it slows it down to the point that it's stopping, and they have no blood supply. They pass out, and they get a little seizure-like thing, looks like, and they wake up. Hmm. Heart picks back up again. People don't die of that. And people should not be on seizure medication for that. Hmm. Seems like the vagus nerve should be a little better than that. Should speed things up? Yeah. Ah. That should be like the uh, the buffet nerve. It's not spelled the same way. Oh, it isn't? No. It's V-A-G-U-S. This was a V-E-G-A-S. Uh-huh. Which one's Las Vegas? The last one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amy. Yeah. You're 23. Okay. I haven't had um, intercourse for about three and a half years. Great. But recently I had unprotected sex, and it wasn't even a minute long, and he hadn't ejaculated. But ever since then, I have been feeling extremely tired. I don't have any um, burning urination symptoms or hmm. like um, How long ago was this? discharge or anything like that, but I literally... I Hold on, that's going to be the name of my uh, 70s cover band. Funky Discharge? Yeah. <laughs> that's gross. What, uh, how long ago was this again? This was about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. You've been Is there anything else? Been ha- have you reacted any other way? Are you aware of any other things that have been happening to you? Um... No, just like in the middle of the day, I feel like I cannot even stand up. I feel so tired. Right. Have you been depressed? No, hold on, Drew. No, we we got to go to break. Right. When we come back, I want to find out what's up with Amy. Amy hadn't had sex in three and a half years, she said. Yep. Then she had sex and it lasted under a minute. Oh, boy. Uh, and you, uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Tell me the Lord doesn't have a sense of humor. He don't have sex for three and a half years, and then the first time you have sex, in under a minute, the guy comes. Oh, I would have doubled that. <laughs> All right, uh, so we'll get to the bottom of this. I, I suspect something's, something's up with Amy. We'll, uh, we'll unearth it after this. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. Love line will be right back. Hi, it's Heather McDonald. Please join me for my podcast, Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald, because you know how much I love a Juicy Scoop. Besides talking about the hottest topics that intrigue me, I am also going to have a great guest join me, Shannon Bedore on The Real Housewives of OC, telling us everything about what is going on with her life, as well as hilarious Chris Frangiola, who is my co-worker and good friend from Chelsea Lately. So please join us. Download a new episode every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hello, I'm Simon LeBon. And I'm Warren Cucurula from Duran Duran. You're listening to Love Lines with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Mwah. Just for you. Uh, Duran Duran will be in here Thursday. Right, Ann? Yeah? Who will that be? Simon, Warren? Oh, you don't... You can't hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's Simon and Warren and Nick. Great. All right. So, uh, Duran Duran in at the end of this week. Also, jars of clay and uh, possibly salt and pepper tomorrow, or if not tomorrow, then the end of the month. What's next week look like, Ann? Do we know yet? Goldfinger. Yeah. 
Uh, we have two of the girls from Men Behaving Badly, Jenica, who's been on the show before, mm-hmm. and then Dina. And then uh, you guys are going to be gone for a couple days. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's uh, next week already? Yeah, I can yep. believe that. Uh, yeah. hate that. All right. Um, Drew Amen. looks at everything as an interesting adventure. I look at everything as a pain in the ass. It's true. Everything to you is a pain in the ass. It really is. And to me, I'm so I feel so fortunate to be working what I work in and doing the things I do. Yeah. For you, if it's not napping or masturbating, it's unacceptable. Even that can be difficult sometimes, because my bedroom's upstairs. Ah. Uh, I got to hike up. There's like eleven stairs. Oh, what a pain in the butt! Yeah. <laughs> I feel so so bad for you, Adam. I really need to adjust my attitude. It's yeah. just it's, it's, it's the saddest thing point. in the world. Yeah. It's just, uh, my dad gave me the name of a shrink. By the way, I'm thinking of going going back to the yes. shrink. Yeah, yeah. Eh. Let me say, wouldn't hurt you either, Drew. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Uh, oh boy. All right. Don't, what don't what context did he give you that? My dad. Yeah. Nah, you know, my dad's a shrink. He's always interested in me going to a shrink. But what? Did, in what context? Oh, my dad needs to see. Oh, my dad does see a shrink. Ah, oh, I got to talk to my dad. You know what my dad does? What? Um, we went out to breakfast Thursday morning. And, uh, you know, I got that nice big article on me in um, you, Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, you, you told the story last week. No, I did not. Yes, you did. All right, go ahead. Tell it again. Oh, I did. With him standing at the grocery store. And yeah. Yes. Plus, I'm going totally insane. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway. And is that after after that experience, then he said, uh, Adam, here's the name of him. Yeah, here's the name of a good shrink. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, he's got a shrink for me, so go check that out. And uh, I'm just wondering, it wasn't. I wonder you if asked I can write that off. Uh, well, no, he 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 always brings it up, uh. you know. And I used to just say, uh, I don't got any money, I don't got any money, I don't got any money, uh. you know. Uh, now he knows I'm making some money, so you know, there's uh, you know, no excuse for That's that. Good. Yeah, all right. I'll get back to the shrink. Drew, you want you you may want to go in. Maybe we should do couples counseling. Conjoint, great. It's great. Yeah, I'll leave your wife at home. I just mean uh, I just mean us. Eliminate all the conflict between us. Uh, go to three, line three. Three, oh, three? three, three, three. Yeah, that's right. Finish with Amy. Oh, I'm really going insane. I forgot I told that story last week. Amy. Yeah. All right. So uh, you hadn't had sex for three and a half years. Yeah. Why not? Because uh, most of the guys that I had had sex with were. Not worth it, so I decided to wait around until someone was. Yeah. Hold was on a second. I just had an idea. Yeah? You know, I listen to the radio a lot. Yeah. And sometimes I miss stuff that people are talking about. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. And uh, I was talking about my dad and the story in the magazine. Yeah. So I think I should say it in like 15 seconds. Okay. Which is, um, it's nothing spectacular, but I, I hadn't told anyone in my family that Details wrote an article about me because, eh, my family doesn't really... They're not really into it, and I'm not really into telling them. And uh, my dad, so I never told my dad this, and we were standing at the grocery market, and he was staring at the magazine rack, and he was staring at the details magazine at the cover, and he could see the love line, MTV's love line on the cover, and he stared at it for about five minutes, and then he picked up another magazine and started reading it. And I finished paying for my groceries, and I walked up to him, and I said, "Uh, Dad, did you notice the details magazine? He said, "Uh, yeah. I said, you see the love line on the cover there? Uh-huh. I said, uh, you didn't um, you didn't feel compelled to pick it up? Um, somebody told me there's an article on you in the, in the magazine. I said, you, you don't... Like, in what universe don't you pick the magazine up? I, it's, 
Drew, now what is, do you understand where I come from? How bizarre is that? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that was the that was the story. So sorry about that, Amy. Yeah. So you picked abu- abusive guys, typically. Well, not really abusive, just uh, kind of vacant, kind of lame, like emotionally didn't give me what I needed. Or and, and what has this guy done for you, the new one? Well, um, not so much. That's why <laughs> that's why we're not together anymore. But I was thinking about being with him, and we started to, and I realized. How if even if I was going to be with him, I should have at least had a condom. And then was like, hold on, hold on, let me go get a condom. And then by the time I got there, I was like, I decided he wasn't really worth it either. Uh, let me go to the nightstand and get a. Oh. It wasn't in the nightstand. Uh, it was uh, towelette. I mean. Uh, in my bathroom, and they were probably expired by then, anyways. Have you been to see a doctor about this? No. Okay. Well, that I that could it be an STD? Really unlikely, but certainly that's the first order of business is to see what they get medically. Maybe uh, he had Epstein Barr virus and uh, injected no. some of that no, into her no, via no. the penis. No, 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 I don't buy that. That doesn't happen. Um, I, I don't want to say categorically it does not happen, but it would be way down the list of possibilities. Way down. Yeah. Uh, if he did give it to me, how long does it take before it would show up? Epstein Barr. Yeah. Well, in in in. Uh, this is a very controversial mm-hmm. issue, but uh, yeah. I, listen, let, let me um, let me give you the the uh, non-clinical term for Epstein-Barr virus: lazy ass. Come on, please. No. Everyone's at got least, a disease. At least put it as depressed. Yeah, I got a reason right. I can't get off the sofa. I have Epstein-Barr virus. Now you're depressed. Uh, please. But, but uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying it. Of course, everyone's got it. Well, uh, listen. But, here's but, here's but, what uh, I have to say about uh, these syndromes. Um, there may be uh, 10 people walking the earth that have Epstein-Barr virus and actually can't get their ass off this over. The other 90% who claim they have it don't have it. This is, um, this is like being uh, hypoglycemic. Right. Or, or, or yeast or candida. Yeah, or right, right. Everything. Oh, you know, you, you know what? Uh, 90% of the people that think they're allergic to something aren't actually allergic to whatever that is. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah, so people are just pussies. Let's face it. Just get off the sofa. You too, right. Amy. This is a psychological thing. He hadn't had sex in three years. There's something going on here. He yeah, didn't, I'm he, waiting he, for someone that's cool enough to be honored enough to hang out with me. All right. Well, there's your problem right there. No, it's not. I honor people, and people need to honor each other. And when people just want to go around and date and have sex because we're living in L.A., then that's, that's oh, not where I'm at, so boy. I can be with them. Are you aware how angry you are? Are you aware of that? I mean, it just, it just, it just flies over the airways here, and, and that might be... Really? Yeah, and that might, I don't know what you're angry about, but that might be part of the reason why things aren't working out. Some of that anger may be turned on yourself. That may be why you're fatigued. I mean, it's angry, angry, angry Amy. Angry, angry Amy. So it reminds me of that game Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Hey, angry, 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 angry Amy. Maybe right. part of it is angry, but I think oh, part yes. of it's just not, you know, not accepting that people will just screw around anymore. I think waiting around for someone that... Yeah, then, then wait around, no big deal. Then wait around. You don't have to be angry about it. Just wait. That's great that you know that. But you got to date. You got to interact. You got to you got to sort of try on relationships, interact with people, and see what it is that uh, people are about. All right. Well, angry Amy, you had unprotected sex. You should go get yourself checked out. Make sure there was uh, nothing going on. I'm sure you're fine. And I don't think he injected you with uh, with um, no. I'm trying ether. <laughs> you're fine. There's a little depression going on. Everyone I know who has energy problems under the age of 50, depression. Or pot, uh, depression. Has nothing. Uh, I've, 
I've yet to find someone who had, a, at least out of my lazy buddies, had any sort of clinical difficulty or any sort of, uh, any sort of legitimate medical uh, condition that stopped them from doing anything other than just depression slash pot slash laziness. Believe me, I, I, I used to be the same way. I just couldn't, I, you know, I, mean, I couldn't figure out how I was going to get out of bed every day. I mean, it was it was painful just to uh, haul my ass out of bed. I was thinking of just just, just soil myself right there, <laughs> drink a lemonade out of a straw and just soil myself. Uh, I, I, I get bed sores and uh, roll right through the springs. Have a my, like a roommate uh, take take a sponge to me once a month or something. I mean, that, that's what I wanted to do. I I, don't, I didn't need any Prozac. I didn't need a. Oh, well, you did, but you, oh, you, okay, could have used some Prozac, but, but you didn't need a, a a label for what you had. No, listen, I was depressed. That's uh, all. I hated my job. I hated my. I wasn't getting laid. I had a horrible job. I wasn't were making you, any money. Were you money. aware of it at the time? Yeah, right. of course. What was there to be happy about? I was. Uh, I was very depressed. All right, now I'm happy. I get out of bed, Adrian. Really? Yes. Get, every, everything's a pain in the ass, still though. Thank God your dad gave the name of a therapist. Listen, I complain a lot, but I get a lot done while I'm complaining. Adrian. Yeah. Hi. Hi. What's up? How are you guys doing? All right. Good. You're 15. 16. No. All right, what's on what's, what's on your mind? <laughs> um, well, for I met this guy a while ago over the phone, and I've been having phone sex with him. And in about a month or so, I'm going to be meeting him, most likely. And he has a girlfriend who's a bit older than he is. Mm -hmm. How old is he? He's 26. Oh, that's healthy. Uh, have you started your diet yet? <laughs> Sorry, no. I don't do no. that for guys. <laughs> oh, you don't? No. What? You gotta take me the way I am. <laughs> oh, you mean to meet him, meet the guy? Yeah, don't meet the guy. I was just wondering what's like uh, the chances of us like having sex because I mean we've had a lot of. Look, it's sex. very high because that's what this guy's after. But the chance of you having a relationship that's gratifying well, to you zero. If you meet in the woods, it's a hundred percent. Actually, if he has a knife and you meet in the woods, it's one hundred percent. If you meet in a crowded mall, it's down to about fifteen percent. Unless there's some uh, corridor, some you know exit door, he could wedge open with his uh, th with uh, one of his thong shoes, and no, uh, he'd, he'd do it in like a janitor's room or something. Right. He's that kind of guy. Uh, I wasn't looking for a relationship. It's just it, I was just wondering because he's really loyal to his girlfriend. Oh, really? Oh, oh, we can yeah, see that. Yes, really yeah. loyal. Hey. <laughs> like how, do you th how would you feel? Like a good lab. Yeah. How would you feel? Right. If, but he hasn't said anything to me. I'm just saying. How would you feel if you had a boyfriend that was carrying on like this with a, with another woman? Oh, I'd be extremely pissed. Okay. But no, Dr. True, I'm, he's like he's not thinking anything. I'm the one who's like thinking. Uh, but know. let's go back to how, how far is he traveling? Him? I'm going down there. Not to see him. I'm seeing another friend, but I'm going down wait, wait, there. Wait, wait, Listen, Adrian, how would you feel if you had a boyfriend that was carrying on and phone sex with somebody else? I Personally, I couldn't do that if I had a boyfriend. Right. And would you consider that a loyal person? No. Okay. That's well, that's this guy. <laughs> that is this guy, the not loyal person having phone sex with other people. And underage phone people. No. People that he should be arrested for a doing a this Adrian's way. the kind of person where you could be beating her with your shoe and, and saying, I'm not an aggressive person, and she would she would report then that back uh, to her friends. No, he's not aggressive. Well, he told me Adam. while he was beating me with his shoe. Adam, please. Not that way. <laughs> Listen, the guy is having phone sex with you and explaining to you that he's loyal to his girlfriend. When it comes, phone sex is, how do I put this? Uh, phone sex is what you do when your penis won't reach. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I put that on a card, Engineer Mike. Uh, 
I am I just that saying. That was pretty solid. He doesn't fool around with other girls, like, physically. Physically. When it comes to phone sex, to him, that's a different thing. Right. It's, you know. Yeah, who knows where else he, he sets his own rules up. He, when it plays comes by his own rules. <laughs> that's a boyfriend that plays by his own rules. No, when it comes to physical, <laughs> he's loyal. He doesn't fool around. All right, all right. So what are you going? Uh, listen, Adrian. What? He's 26. How far does he live? Seven hours. Seven hours? Yeah. Oh, boy. How, uh, what, where you, uh, do you have a weight problem? No. We're sure? Yeah. How tall are you? How tall am I? 5'4". How much you weigh? About 130. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hope you got a lot of hair. Um, why are you traveling across town to have sex, uh, across not, town, more than across town? I to be in the same town as my other friend. Ah, uh, please, please. I am listen. Not going down there for him. Oh, please, I know what's going on <laughs> over there. Listen, you're not to be trusted. Oh. How, how did you start having phone sex with this guy in the first place? I met him over the phone. How's that work? Party line? No. Uh, you obviously know 311. They have a hotline, and they have they leave, people leave messages, and I called him from there. And we just started talking from there, and we just right. developed a friendship. All right, then. so you called him, yeah. and you're wanting to have sex with him. No, it's just a curiosity question. Like if what like we're not both thinking it, but you know if it comes up, or of course, yeah. listen, stop lying to yourself. You're going to uh, this guy's place. You're going to meet up with a guy face to face. You've been having phone sex with, of course, and you're thinking about sex. Please, we're not that naive. Please be honest with yourself. Something is going to happen here. Now, what's up with you that you can't just meet a guy at school? No, it's nothing like that. No, we have a very good friendship. All right, but what's up with you that you can't meet a guy at school? Nothing. I do. You don't have a boyfriend at school. What's going on there? No. First Please. Of all, I don't like guys from my school. Right. That's one thing. But that is not the... Oh, my God. You think I'm actually going down there to have a relationship with this person? No, just sex. No, that is not what it is. All right. I, all right. Well, you were you asking. Think I'm going down there just by myself to go see him? All right. That's Listen, not what it is. All right, call us right, back. Like, then don't see him. Bring, then don't see him. Well, you can talk to him on the phone. Bring a condom with you. I'm not going to do we anything suggest- with him because I'm not that type of person to rip another girl away from a guy. Except for you yeah. will have phone sex with him. Even though, even though, even though if it were you, sure it you know it would hurt you a great deal. Hey, and let me tell you, the, the emotional implications of phone sex uh, over a prolonged period of time, I believe, are much greater than a chance physical encounter. I mean, look at it this way, Anne. Nah, Anne, we'll get to uh, Anne. I, I'd like to use you as the feminine voice uh, here when we come back. We'll uh, use uh, your husband, your wonderful husband, Doug, whose uh, hair's longer than Anne's, by the way. <laughs> and we'll we'll use it. Well, I'll, I'll make a I'll paint a scenario, and then you tell me what you think. Okay, and please don't go against my scenario just because you're used to going against me. All right. All right. We'll be back. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. Chips, dips, chains, whips. Shenanigans. Love line, I'll be right back. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Robin Leach with those champagne wishes and caviar dreams. And you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Corolla. Yes, you is. And uh, forget the phone number, forget the fax number. Let's talk to producer Ann for a second. All right, I'm ready. Now, Ann, I know you're a little uptight sexually sometimes. How do you know? How would you know? Yeah, you know, because I've heard you describe your past. I mean, you, you don't. My you know, past. Well, you're not real racy. I know you're pretty wild once you're in the sack and stuff, but you're not really into experimentation and that kind of thing. Like well, what? That's fine. You know, threesomes and that sort of thing. Right. Okay. You're right. Okay. That's all right. But that's neither good. are you. No, that's true. You're pretty traditional yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right, so... Get to the point. Okay, true. I got a little defensive right off the bat. Yeah, there. really. <laughs> no, we, we all learned to be defensive well, you, with him, haven't we? We yeah, learned I just know, to put him back I on know. his heels a little bit when he comes after us. Uh, but, Ann, let me ask you this seriously. You have a great husband, Doug. Uh-huh. I really like Doug. Bring Doug in one of these. As a matter of fact, you stay home and send Doug in one night. <laughs> Gladly. And uh, so... So, Doug, let's say, goes out. What would you rather have? Uh-huh. Doug travels a lot in, yep. on, on, on business, and, um, you know, he's no teetotaler, this Doug. He likes to go out. You know, he's in the industry, hang out with the bands. Well, he has a cocktail or two uh, in uh, some Chicago uh, hotel. And let's say he meets, uh, meets a woman and uh-huh. has a chance sexual... Uh, wearing a condom encounter with this woman. He's done. Shh, hold on. Does it once, and uh, that's the end of that. But uh, there was a physical encounter. He, I'm he had protection. Right now, just I know. Thinking about I it. love this. I'm going to go home and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but what would you rather that 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 one physical encounter or a uh, or an or discovering an ongoing relationship with phone o- sex online or phone sex something like that. Yeah, phone sex on the phone. Phone sex where he's never met her or has no idea where she lives. Uh, Knows a lot about her. Or like an intimate relationship where they talk about their family and... Well, you find out that they've been talking, chatting a couple of times a week for the last, you know, eight months or a year. And that they've been having phone sex. As a matter of fact, you've heard him talking about... Probably, I could probably dismiss the one night thing easier because of how the whole male psyche works and how sex is something you guys can dismiss so easily. Right. You so could you could say he, that was just an a impulse. A year later, he probably would have forgotten about it. Like, it would mean nothing to him. It probably or wouldn't some, have meant anything to him before he got home. Right. Whereas and, something he's carried right. on for a year would definitely... And I don't think it would change the way he felt the way about... Uh, the, the way he felt about you. Whereas the phone sex thing... I believe he's starting a relationship in right. in a sense, even Especially though if they were more intimate. Okay. They've discussed, you know. Okay, we have uh, and... Doug's uh, husband but Ann on line now. seven eight, and eight, eight, and he wants to say something to Ann. No, I'm kidding, Ann. That's <laughs> freaking out over that. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for uh, helping to bolster. I didn't want him to confess anything here, right? No, live on the air. But this would be a real good lead-in for that. But no, D- Doug, I'm sure. Has kept everything in his in his drawers. I'm just saying, you see how people dismiss, a, you know, a phone sex relationship as not cheating, right? Or 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 um, somehow innocuous, or well, this or, whole notion that if you're not having sex, you're not cheating, which is sort of the basic premise people have. You don't cheat until you've had intercourse or something, which is baloney. 
Right. I, I would think, uh, like I said, for a woman, uh, I could understand a guy having a sexual drunken impulse uh, somewhere quicker than I could understand or forgive him spending weeks, months, or years uh, having having what? a relationship yeah. with somebody. Thank you, man. Denisha. Yeah. You're 15. What's going on? Um, okay. My friends, you know, um, okay. I'm like, okay. I want to have, like, a threesome with my friend, but I don't know how to tell them. You're 15. Yeah. I've had, like, other experiences, too. Don't you think it's a little bit young to be getting into this stuff? Mm, I guess, yeah. Um, you want to have a threesome with who? With my friends. With, like, my friend and his, like, one of his, like, girlfriends. Oh, he has a couple girlfriends? <laughs> no, like, one of his ex-girlfriends that he's going to homecoming with. Mm-hmm. Actually, just, well, I wanted to do a lot of that crap, too, when I was 15, but I just... <laughs> no takers. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your situation like? When, what happened? How, how old were you when you first started having sex? Um, I was 14. How about before that? Um, no. What happened to you before that? Mm, nothing. Hmm? Like, I had, like, my first experience with a girl. How old were you? I was probably, like, 13. How about before that? No, nothing really. What What was the not really thing that happened? Mm, just, like, nothing. What happened? Nothing. Um, uh... Did somebody, did somebody touch you or look at you or do something to you that you didn't like? Hmm? No. Where's dad? Um, my dad lives in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you don't currently have a boyfriend? Mm, no. But you've you've had boyfriends? Yeah. All right. And you, uh, As a matter of fact, you guys, like a couple weeks ago, told me to drop him, and I dropped him. Oh, you're the guy we spoke, uh, the girl we spoke to. Oh, that was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was being physical with you, right? Yeah, and I dropped him. Oh, you did? Yeah. Good. good. Now he's going to kick our ass, but uh, good for you. But look what she's going into. She's leaving that into the next abusive situation. Uh, yeah. You're, wait a minute. Were you the one we figured out was uh, swatted a little bit when you were younger? No. Mm. It's just not adding oh, up here, Denisha. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You were swatted. Yeah. yeah. This is the same thing we went with you through with you last week. Where no, no, no. Oh, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and the, look, you're going to have to start dealing in reality here. Mm-hmm. The behaviors you're manifesting now are the result of the kinds of situations you were stuck with as a young child, and these are not healthy behaviors you're getting into. You're getting into situations where you're acting out abuse. You get in relationship with boyfriends, which are physically abusive. You're going to go have a sexual, intimate relationship with two people who couldn't give a damn about you, and it's going to be—they're going to be using you as an using you. You're going to be used. It's going to be—you're going to be an object, and you're 15. I mean, mm. how can you possibly develop any sense of self-worth and, when you act out in this way all the time? Just—it's not good. Uh, well, here's what I'm—you know—here's what I'm thinking about, Drew. Well, I was just sort of thinking there are things that people do in this life that they end up being sort of um, ostracized for or um, held against them. 
For instance, uh, you know, if the way society is set up, if a woman has had, um, you know, X amount of threesomes or, uh, you know, whatever experiences or made uh, porn movies or something like that, as you get older, you tend to regret it mm-hmm. because society sort of holds it against you. Mm, yes. They hold, they hold sure. it against themselves, too. I mean, they feel bad about it. Yeah, right. I mean, they do, and society does. Yeah. And if you're a guy, uh, you're in prison, uh, you, you're a heroin addict, eh, people tend to hold that against you, and you tend to hold it against yourself. But, I'm losing my train of thought here, but these are just the manifestations of right. whatever the problem is. Right. And in a way, I think what society's reacting to is not so much that you did heroin or uh, that you made a porn movie, but they understand, in a sense, that uh, the type of person who does do this is screwed up, and right. that's what we're holding against you, right. if you think about it. Right. I mean, we're always talking about the acts, yeah. and you know, we're labeling the acts and what they've done and what they haven't done. But really what people are doing is, is they're thinking of the person behind the act and what caused the act. Right. Like, if I'm talking to a person and they said, uh, yeah, I, I, I was a heroin addict and I did, I did porn for a while and then I worked at a bondage parlor. I'm not necessarily thinking, geez, I don't want to be hooked up with someone who worked at a bondage parlor. I'm thinking something's up with this person and I don't want to be hooked up with a person who has all this up with them. The, the other stuff is just manifestations. It's just stuff to run. You know, these are just the labels right. that we so use. It's not that we're worried that it's wrong. We're worried that it's the behaviors of somebody who's disturbed and uh, dangerous to be around. Yes. And we'll be back. I began to float up and wave from my body. Uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Love Line float. returns, they're going to be pissed. Float. Float. All right, free will. Yes. Yes. Well, I want to freely thank a few people tonight. I want to thank the beautiful Lisa, the wonderful Sherry for doing a great job on the phone tonight. The beautiful and talented and angular one producer, Ann, for putting her feminine stink on this show. And, of course, the one nut wonder. Who, uh, without his uh, technical prowess, this show would never be on the air. Or it would probably be on the air somewhere else, sounding about the same. <laughs> so, until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. <laughs> This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.